Welcome back to The Spark. I'm Scott Lamar. Other than the Super Bowl, most of the buzz this week has been about the unusually warm weather in central Pennsylvania. Temperatures in the 60s yesterday and today spawned even more people to wear shorts, and there are a lot of car windows down. 60s in February isn't normal. But this winter has been unusual anyway. Other than just a few days here and there, temperatures have been above normal most days this winter, and there's been very little snow. So what's going on? What are the factors that have led to this mild winter, and will it continue? Joining us on The Spark today is ABC 27 meteorologist Dan Tommaso. Dan, welcome to the program. Oh, thank you for having me, Scott. I appreciate it. And this is certainly a topic near and dear to my heart because... When winter's quiet, usually my work life is a little bit quieter. Um, so this has been uh, absolutely kind of pleasant winter here across this area. You know, you said something that I, I just always have to wonder about. I know on the set that anchors always joke with you about uh, meteorologists uh, when you're on air and the weather is good, that uh, you hear good things from the public. Do you actually hear bad things complaints from the public when the weather isn't so good? Oh, 100%. It's probably the hardest part of this job that you have to get used to. You have to have thick skin. Um, Part of it was I joined this job 13 years ago, kind of at the start of social media. And the keyboard complainers are usually the loudest. Um, And I'm talking about the Facebook complaints, the Twitter complaints. And it always revolves around snow. And what I've never been able to understand is You know, we broadcast from an area from Lewistown through Lancaster County, and people want to know down to the inch what is going to fall in their backyard when it comes to a snowstorm. And what I try to tell people when I'm on the road talking to schools or to different uh, community groups is that we simply don't have that type of accuracy down to the inch or even two inches in some cases. That's why we do ranges. Um, You know, we work in probabilities. We don't always show the probabilities on the air. Um, but we work in a very statistical world where we try to at least pinpoint, you know, two to four inches, three to six inches. But, man, the biggest complaints come in when someone falls in or out of that range that they didn't expect for that to happen. High 60s in some parts of the region yesterday. Did we set any sure. records? So locally, we did not set any records. The record high in Harrisburg. So just to kind of back up a little bit, we use Harrisburg's climate records because they're longstanding. They go back to the year of 1888. Um, So the record yesterday was 74 degrees for the high temperature. We hit 69 officially. Now, I saw it was 69.8 in one hourly observation. I'll call it an even 70. In the books, though, it'll go down as 69. Um, So we did hit 70 degrees across a lot of central PA. Um, When I was on the air last night for the 5 and 6 o'clock broadcast, we had 73 in Lewistown and Mifflintown. 70 in State College, and that's pretty impressive considering their elevation. Um, So State College is about a 1,000, I believe, a 1,000 feet higher than um, here in Harrisburg. So, you know, to see warm weather like that, even at the higher elevations, is pretty telling. Now, the reason we had that warm weather is because there has been some record warmth to our south and southwest. So over the Tennessee and Ohio valleys, it's been much warmer than here, mid-70s, even in spots, and a little more humid, too. When that happens, you're almost guaranteed that some adjustment in the atmosphere is going to happen. And that's happening today, Thursday into Friday, a very strong cold front coming through. And because of the warm weather, we're already starting to see at least development of severe weather and tornadoes. Tornadoes can happen any time of the year, but they're much more common in the spring thanks to the clashes of cold and warm air. And in this case, 
It's not even that much colder coming our way, the air that's here for the weekend, but it's just enough to cause instability, some energy, and eventually some spin with some thunderstorms to our south and southwest. But don't be surprised, and this is perhaps a little tidbit you won't hear many other places, that Friday morning we can have some rumbles of thunder here locally too as the front barrels through. Hmm. So let's talk about the winter overall. What factors have led to this mild winter? So believe it or not, and I was just talking to my oceanography class this morning about this fact, we are in a third consecutive year of La Nina conditions over the Pacific Ocean. Now, where I'm talking about in the Pacific Ocean is near the equator and west of South America. And I think that's really hard for people to understand that an area of the ocean that's thousands of miles away could have such a large impact, but it really does drive how the weather can behave across Mexico, the Caribbean, and North America. The reason being is when La Nina is present, there's cooler waters over the Eastern Equatorial Pacific. And that really slows down our southern jet stream. So we talk about the jet stream a lot on television. We talk about it in terms of bringing weather to our region. But the jet stream itself is often split into threes. You have a subtropical jet stream. You have um, basically a continental jet, jet stream and an Arctic jet stream of air. And the subtropical jet stream is the one that can be responsible for some pretty large storms, whether it's winter storms like nor'easters or coastal storms. And when we don't really see a large connection with that, um, unfortunately, on years when we have La Nina, there's not a lot of storms coming from that direction. And that really grinds to a halt the number of snowstorms we can get from the south. And our big ones generally come from the south. Our smaller storms come from the west and northwest straight out of the Arctic. But if you can imagine, you know, the warm Gulf waters, there's a lot of moisture there off the Gulf Coast. And when we pick up that moisture and it heads north with an area of low pressure, that's when we get some pretty big snowstorms. Now, the other part of this argument should be a fairly simple one for, every, for everyone to understand. We simply have not had the cold air available either. And there could be a multitude of factors um, going on there with the cold air. One of those is that we actually have had a lot of our weather coming straight from the uh, eastern Pacific Ocean. So off the coast of California, off the coast of the Pacific Northwest. When that happens, it's very hard for the U.S. to sustain cold. The other part of it is when that happens, it's kind of like a cycle that then parts of Canada can get very warm. So even the areas where we expect cold weather to develop, it's just simply not happening. So on days where there's a strong northwest wind, it doesn't get very cold. And that's weird. Um, but again, there's warm air where there's usually colder air. And so if you don't have a place to get the cold air, Guess what? It doesn't get cold in these parts. Hmm. You know, we have to remember that here in central Pennsylvania, we've had a mild winter. But there have been other parts of the country that have been battered. With that, I'm going to follow up with the question of whether climate change has any impact on this. Well, so climate change is 100 percent always in the background of everything going on. And I remind our team this all the time that, unfortunately, we try to look at the past to try to help predict the future. So we look at past weather patterns that could be similar to this one to help predict maybe on a seasonal scale, like we're looking ahead to spring or summer. The problem is we're kind of in a territory now where it's hard to find similar years with similar warmth. And what I mean by that is if the planet is constantly warming in the background, those conditions weren't present 30 or 40 years ago. So even if climate change is changing the background temperature one or two degrees, 
that does have a pretty profound impact on the overall global weather patterns. It doesn't seem like it would, but again, when you're trying to compare to the past to predict the future, we're already seeing that it's been really hard to find similar conditions before to help predict the next season or the next year. And so we already have trouble predicting winter weather, you know, a few months out, but I think it's getting increasingly difficult because even past falls, past summers to try to compare to, we just haven't had it. I mean, Addis Uclo is our um, resident analog forecaster. He loves looking at past years to help predict the future. And even he's admitted, it's really hard to find similar scenarios going back to this past fall to figure out what the winter is going to be like. And our forecast skill for this winter was not very good. I will admit that. It, it just wasn't very good. The warm air has just continued to win out over the cold air. And even in our coldest period of the year from mid-January till now, we've done everything we can to keep it not from getting cold. It's been pretty remarkable. We only have about 90 seconds left. I want to thank you very much for being with us sure. today. One of the big questions, even after you just said that it has been difficult to forecast the future looking ahead, are there any cold snaps, any normal uh, winter weather in, uh, in the future in central PA? Well, I could tell you for the most part, the rest of February should shape up to be above normal. Now, I was just checking some of the numbers here today, um, and right now, We've been looking at the low 50s all morning long. That should help boost our overall ranking for warmest uh, Februarys on record at this point. So far, we are sixth warmest. Now, what's probably most remarkable is we're sitting right now with the driest start to February on record. So, again, with all this being known in the background, it is hard to bring in that cold air when there's so much warm air present. We do see some signs in early March that we could flip back to a colder weather pattern for a time, but... Again, leaning on what's happened so far this winter, anytime we've gotten cold, it's been at most two or three days of that cold weather holding strong. That could simply happen again. It could get bitterly cold for two or three days. Maybe we're lucky enough for a storm to pass by and it dumps a lot of snow. But I think odds are starting to stack against it. And I always say that once you get to about mid-February to the third week of February, clock is really ticking. The sun angle starts to increase. The seasons start to change. And it's really hard to establish that cold ahead of a snowstorm. It has happened before. Go back to March of 93. We had a big storm. I'm not ruling it out. But I'm telling you, the odds drop with every passing day. ABC 27 meteorologist Dan Tomaso. Hey, Dan, thank you very much for being with us today. Sure. Thank you for having me. Great interview. Appreciate it. You're listening to The Spark on WITF, your home for NPR and discovering all things local. I'm Scott Lamar.